baby. That's right, Chris Sims. Today's show <laughs> is incredible. A man from outside of our world dives in for 35 minutes and tells us about his captivating rise from zero to hero, from modern sports gambler living in Vegas to international superstar because his brain is so damn good. You're going to love today, and you're also going to love SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor, the greatest ticket-buying app on planet Earth, and the moon. That's right. If you're going to buy tickets on the moon, you buy those tickets through our friends at SeatGeek. And if you're going to buy tickets to any live event here on planet Earth, let's say it's a comedy show. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Let's say it's uh, a play. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like a play. Let's say it's a... Uh, Major League Baseball. They got them. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It sounds fun. Let's say it's a minor league baseball. They got them. Right? You bet. Speaking of our favorite minor league baseball player, how's Tim Tebow doing? Uh, got struck out by a first baseman the other day. <laughs> great arm. Not, great not arm. a great look. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Rookie of the year. Struck out that really good hitter with the floater. Yes. So Tim Tebow probably wasn't used to that slow of pitches. Yeah. He... His next swing's his best swing. Know that go. Tim sure. Tebow will be back in that batter's box hitting home Let's runs. Go, Tim. And when he does, and when he gets up to the majors, there's only one place to buy tickets, and that's from SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the greatest ticket-buying platform because they scan all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best tickets available for the best prices possible. And there's other places that sell you tickets, but you get catfished. The ticket that you bought isn't the ticket that you get. But with SeatGeek, you can go ahead and shop with confidence because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what you buy out there is what you're going to get in there. Think about that. Your network is your net worth. Wow. I let off a speech last night with that. You'll hear about it at the end of the show. Pretty good. I might become a motivational speaker, by the way. I don't know if I'm going to, but it's something that should be out there. And if I do, you'll be able to buy tickets to hear me from your friends at SeatGeek. And right now, use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee. Get $20 off your first order. So if you're rich, a little self-awareness, use promo code PAT. Get $10 off your first order. If you're not rich yet, go ahead and use McAfee. Get $20 off your first order. Shout out SeatGeek Moy Mucho, our first sponsor ever, our presenting sponsor now, and the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now. The day after incredible Alex Trebek news was broken all over the internet about almost being in remission from his pancreatic cancer. A man who has taken the world by storm. He's won over $2 million playing a trivia game. He's on a 29-day run and counting. Your smartest friend, he's smarter than. (laughs) He was a professional sports gambler until he took a little time off here to dominate a little show called Jeopardy. From Naperville, Illinois, ladies and gentlemen, Jeopardy genius, James Holzheim. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, man. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I, I said a little bit ago I'm starstruck. I am a Jeopardy watcher nightly, and whenever you showed up as a professional sports gambler, I was automatically on your side, and watching what you have done has been awesome, James. No, I think it's great. This is a, I've done a lot of interviews, but this is the first time someone in a sleeveless hoodie has uh, reached out to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. Uh, your entire life, have you been the, the smartest human in the room? And do you still, because uh, every time you give an interview, you act as if you're, you're just like, oh, I'm just one of the guys. Like, I read kids' books. That's how I stay ahead of it. And then valedictorians come in there, and you just slaughter them. Like, are you, have you always been the smartest dude to walk into every room that you walk into? 
Uh, I guess. I mean, you know, I never finished at the top of my class in grades or anything like that. But, you know, if you gave us a trivia test or something like that, I was really good at things like math team in high school. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, did you know what was going to happen whenever you got onto Jeopardy? Did you know that you were going to have a very successful run, or were you just hoping to get a win? Let's see how it is. It's going to be a fun experience. You know, I knew that my trivia chops were good, but the uh, the buzzer is such a huge element, and I practiced my buzzing before I went on, but I wasn't really sure until I got there that this would be the winning buzzer approach, and you know, I was, feel kind of lucky that it was. So what did you do? Did you study uh, Trebek's cadence and just kind of catch his rhythm? And then because your buzzer doesn't work until he's completely finished reading the question, the clue. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, so you can't see it at home, but they have kind of a border of uh, lights around the board that's activate whenever the buzzer system is turned on. And they give you like half an hour to practice before the show. But, you know, you can't do it from home, obviously. So at home, you know, you can practice with like a clicker pen or something like that and try to time Alex's cadence. But you really only get that half hour. You actually see the lights and see how fast you can react to them. Okay, so the light comes on, and as soon as it's like uh, almost in a drag race or in Mario Kart when it's like three, two, and you got to hit it right after the two to get the speed burst at the beginning. It's kind of like that where a light hits up, and that's when you can hit it? Uh, you don't get the three-second countdown, but yeah, other than that, um, you know, I, th I, I know playing a lot of video games I think is helpful in me, timing, pressing a button, and I think some other champions have said this in the past too. So I, I, I said playing Guitar Hero was more important than any other studying I did. <laughs> 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 you being a uh, professional sports gambler, how much has that helped you in the in the ability to go ahead and just say, hey, this is fun coupons right now. It's not real money yeah. until we get it at the end. It's fun coupons. Let's go ahead and invest it and risk it. Has that helped out as uh, immensely as well, I assume? Yeah, that's a great metaphor you just used. You know, I think I, I say like game pieces or poker chips or something like that. But yeah, it's it's nothing unless you win the tournament. You don't get to cash it in for anything. And I think the attitude of, oh, this is 10,000 chips I'm betting, not $10,000. It is helpful. And also, you know, I've been in situations where I lost that kind of money before and I just bounced back and went back to work. You know, I'm not, I don't know if everyone can do that. but uh. Big fan of this guy. Oh, yeah. He's smarter than you and me. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that because you know what? You need those smart ones to kind of balance out the dumb ones you like do. us. Yeah. Speaking of smart, you know those times when every day feels the same? Like you're on autopilot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. How you're so caught up in your routine that you forget to take care of you? Mm -hmm. Well, Dollar Shave Club makes it easier to take care of yourself when that happens. Their quality products help me look, feel, and smell my best. I get everything I need from Dollar Shave Club without going to the store. That, my friends was a smart decision by me. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. It could be a smart decision by you as well because DSC is ready to take care of YOU. <laughs> I've, been to, I've been a Dollar Shave Club member for years. And years. They made my life so much easier. From toothpaste refillment there without even having to go in the store, just showing up at my doorstep. Flip love it. Uh, to the executive razor that has good weight on it so I can uh, trim up and line up this beard that I've grown for 32 years and doesn't look as manly as an Italian's would, but it still looks pretty good. From the the see-through shave butter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dr. Carver's. Dr. Carver. So you, you actually know what you're doing there. Yeah, the old huge. school days of the white fluffy shaving butter cream where you couldn't see anything. That's gone thanks to your friends at Dollar Shave Club and as amazing as their shave stuff is Dollar Shave Club is way more than just razors people need to know that it's everything you need for the bathroom to look feel and smell your absolute best right now you can get a Dollar Shave Club starter set for just five dollars 
dollars. That's it? Ooh, what? That's almost no money. Dollars? It is almost. Yeah. It's, it's almost only no money. It's all. It's only five dollars more than no than dollars. No money. Yeah. Think about that real yeah. quick. It's a good one. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Was that your mind blowing? Yeah. Yeah. I think I just heard it. Dollar Shave Club has spent years developing, crafting, and refining their products. They're so much better than anything any of us have ever used before. And right now, you get a starter set for just five bucks. It comes with everything you need for a great shave. The executive razor, that shave butter we were talking about, face cleansers to make you feel good after. You're going to love it as much as we do. Get your starter set for just $5 at dollarshaveclub.com slash America. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash America. 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 Now back to a conversation with America's newest hero. How do you feel about people? There's some haters out there. I don't know how. I'm going to let you know. As a diehard Jeopardy fan and a bit of a meathead, I don't understand how anybody can hate what you're doing. You go on to game shows attempting to win the most possible money that is available, and that's what you're doing. But there's some of these other people who are either contestants of Jeopardy or people that you have beat that say that you're rigging the game and that you're only daily double hunting. And if you are, why is that a problem, and is that what you're doing? Well, you know, I don't think it's a problem, but I'm not a traditionalist. You know, I go into sports betting. I don't worry about what everyone else in the line is doing. You know, I find the edge and I tried my best to work with it, you know, and I'm not doing anything that's outside the rules of Jeopardy. Maybe you could argue it's outside the spirit, I guess, but they've laid out the rules. They know about people. They know that people can come in and do things like this, and they've decided that it's more fun game this way. And really, you know, there are plenty of haters, but viewership is still way up. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love that promo right there. Uh, I, I think it's in the spirit of the game. I mean, that is the spirit of the game. The Daily Double, Trebek used to get so excited whenever somebody would say true Daily Double and nobody would ever do it. Like, that was what Trebek was always looking for. Now you're a guy that's doing it. I think you are the spirit of Jeopardy. I think those people should go fuck themselves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll say it. You don't have to. Um, has Ken has Ken reached out to you? Because I watched an interview just a little bit ago where his quote was, and I, I don't think he was saying anything negative. I think it was in a joking manner, but he said he doesn't like people calling you jeopardy james because that's who he is he's jeopardy ken uh have you two chatted with each other yeah he reached out well i should say i asked for his contact info so i could reach out to him and he offered a bunch of useful advice on how to deal with sudden jeopardy fame i think he's the only other person who's gone through this sort of thing and even then that was back in 2004 before the current age of social media as we know it um he did come up with some useful advice there on you know how to deal with everything that's going on what to think about like you know what you want your media presence to be how to deal with that and you know he and i engage in some friendly trash talk on twitter but uh really you know he seems like a nice guy who's ready for uh his records to be beaten if it's the time that's awesome i think you're the guy by the way um you had a close call a week ago what happened yeah was it just not good categories uh, for you were you off what was it no, you know, I really feel like I'm playing my best game every time I'm out there. You know, I get some competitors who are really, really good at what they're doing. And, you know, sometimes the daily doubles don't fall my way. Uh, you know, it's it's a game. It's it's like football. You can be the 2007 Patriots and not win every single time. You know, sometimes a bad bounce is going to get you and eventually that'll be the end of me. Uh, do you have any weaknesses? And do, does Jeopardy track like your – so for Fear Factor back in the day with uh, Joe Rogan – 
to get on that show, I actually looked into this. You fill out the things that you're scared of. It's like you're setting yourself up for them to absolutely destroy you on TV. For Jeopardy, do they like go through a comprehensive comprehensive like background check to see what your strong point is and what your weaknesses are and are they looking for that? They do a couple of trivia tests on your way in, so they have like some data on what questions you got right and got wrong, but it's illegal to rig a game show to favor one <laughs> contestant over another, so I would have to assume they're not doing anything bad like that. Uh, you know, the past seasons of Jeopardy are publicly available data, and you can kind of see what topics are going to come up over and over, but there was one category a few weeks ago about Monty Python phrases that I uh, went in completely unprepared for. <laughs> <laughs> what is the one that popped up that you, well, I'm sure it seems as if it's every category, but is there has there been a category that has popped up that you're just like, oh, I'm just going to roll, right? Or an entire board, maybe, that you see the all of them, and you're like, oh, like, in White Men Can't Jump, uh, ro ro Rosie, she knew everything is the Q or something like that. Has there been a board that has popped up where you're like, oh, this is my board. I'm going to steamroll right through this board. Has that happened yet or are you expecting uh, it to? I wouldn't say an entire board. There's been, definitely been categories. Uh, there was a Dodger baseball category on this Tuesday's episode, which, okay, you know, <laughs> I have to do this for a living. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how do they record it? Is it daily recording or they lump up in the front of the week and then you kind of got a week off? They do two taping days a week. Uh, they're back to back days, usually Tuesday and Wednesday, and they do five episodes a day. So they're taping basically two weeks of worth of episodes each taping week. Okay, you're in good spirits, so congratulations. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to give away anything. No spoilers. No, they're, they're done taping for the season uh, already now, so even if I'm still going, I won't be back in the studio until July. Okay, so this is the, your second speed bump that you're going to have to run into. That teacher's week, were you scared that that was going to interrupt your flow, or was that a time for you to go kind of go home, reset with the wife, and get some more clothes? <laughs> they, they actually taped the episodes out of order, um, so... The, the episodes that are airing now were taped, I think, a few weeks before the teacher's tournament happened, so did not interrupt the flow. Oh, okay. All right. So I think it's kind of funny because uh, I think they normally schedule these tournaments for sweeps week uh, to get some nice ratings for their <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. read, the ratings fell 25% or something. <laughs> Everybody was frustrated that Teachers Week came. And normally it's like the junior is a big one, the teenager and the college one's big because it, it more, it looks like. One of us is up there, right? And by one of us, I mean me, who's somebody who, if I get one right, if I beat you, by the way, I've beaten you one time. I want to let you know that. I don't know about the timing, but I've beaten you one time in your run, and I've never felt smarter in my entire life. I I've, I ran around my house. I felt so good. Has Jeopardy always been your favorite game show? Because you're on The Chase as well, I believe. Yeah. Um, well, you know, The Chase didn't exist when I was a kid. Uh, Jeopardy, of course, has been around forever, and it was the one I watched as a kid and said, hey, this, this you know, would be something that would be really fun to do when I'm growing up. So as soon as I introduced the online test, I think it was in 2006, uh, I took it every year and, you know, kind of dreamed of this moment. Although, honestly, I'm playing better than I ever thought I could have. So it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm sure you get this question a lot. Everybody that goes on there, you got people that are lawyers, you got doctors, you got counselors, you got people who have all been to school for a long time. You decided to be a professional sports gambler. And why is that? How is that? And how was that career for you? Is that something you'll go back to doing after this dominance of Jeopardy? 
So when I was a kid, I remember telling my dad, I would have been about 13, I think, when this conversation happened, that I wish there were a stock market for sports teams because I thought that I could trade those for a living. And, you know, it didn't occur to me until I would turn 21 and looked at the sports betting marketplace and how vast it is that this, you know, sort of concept really exists in the real world. And uh, I was already at a point in my life where I was doing mathematical analysis on, like, who's going to win the World Series this year? Oh, it's going to be the Yankees 15% of the time, that sort of stuff anyway. So, you know, I thought making some money doing it was a no-brainer. I will say I ran pretty good the first year I was gambling. And if I hadn't had that uh, boost of confidence right away, I might have gone, entered the corporate world. I've never had to so far. Uh, I certainly foresee myself. I have taken a couple months off to deal with everything else that's going on. Deal. But I definitely think I'll be back for football season and hockey and basketball and all that. What's a bad beat for you? Like, do you? Um, I've never really talked to a professional sports gambler that wasn't just a complete liar about the amount of money that they gamble. <laughs> Everybody on the internet that talks about sports gambling talks about, uh, I'm betting $275,000 tonight on the under in the first quarter. It's like, no, you're not. You're not doing that. But you, I believe, as a actual, it seems as if you're a well-calculated, uh, cerebral sports gambler. What is, like, uh, the standard operation there? And will you utilize this Jeopardy win? to kind of go take over Vegas even more? Take over Vegas. Well, you know, they got house limits I have to run into here and <laughs> a lot of places have decided they, you know, well prior to the Jeopardy run that they don't want to deal with uh, me because I'm winning too much of their Ooh. money. Oh, wait, you oh, been, hey, yeah. hey, hey, you've been banned from casinos already in sportsbooks? Yes. <laughs> Which ones? Yes! That is so awesome. <laughs> Well, it's, it's only awesome if you don't have to uh, worry about where your next paycheck's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> True, but like those twenty-one kids getting run out of those casinos. Right. I'm thinking oh. of, I'm thinking of you with like your iPhone calculator out. Like, yep. Oh yeah, this is definitely gonna happen. Yeah, you know what I want. Give me all of it. And they're like, uh, "Sir, get you and your fucking calculator out of here." Um, that's incredible. Can you tell us which places have refused to do sports business with you anymore? Uh, for, for example, like William Hill, they're uh, the conglomerate that operates like, I don't know, 40 places around Nevada to bet at. They, they have a well-known policy of kicking out anyone who's a long-term winner. So they are, I think, the first ones to get rid of me. Uh, Cancer Gaming, they're another one of these conglomerates. They, they booted me. Yeah, it's a bunch <laughs> of uh, isolated ones. Are you 100% focused on Jeopardy right now? Is this uh, full-time? This is what we're trying to do for the, at least the next couple months, I guess? I mean, I, that's a wild thing to say. Uh, well, that's a bit of an exaggeration. I mean, I'm not working, but I have a four-year-old kid, so that's a full-time job right there. And uh, we just took a vacation to Sicily for a few weeks to kind of clear my head. That was good, I think. Okay, so when you go to Sicily, there's like museums and shit over there. Do you look around and just pick up little facts just <laughs> it pops up? There were some, yeah. I, uh, I'm not sure how useful any of it's going to be, but I mean, you know, if I'm at a museum and enjoying myself anyway, I might think, huh, I could file that away, make a profit off it someday. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of mafia talk down there in Sicily. Oh, yeah. Italians yeah. get wild down there. Yeah, we were we were at a uh, kebab shop there, and uh, some individual came out and said something to the owner, and the owner came out with a, a bag of money to give uh, to that person. So. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing to see here, James. Nothing to see here. Um, what it, you said, and I don't know if it was you being clever, because uh, your personality is also a good one on uh, Jeopardy. Normally, those interviews between Trebek and the contestants are must-see TV for train wreck operations. You <laughs> have a great personality. You can chat well. You told him that you studied by reading children's book. That has to be complete bullshit. I can't believe you lied right to Alex Trebek's face. 
Uh, I don't know why I would lie about that. It's not like it makes me look good or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's the truth. I get bored reading a uh, dry wall of text. You know, it's it's not fun. I, I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know if you have kids. If you read to your kid, this this book is engaging. It's got pictures all over. It's got a little graph to show you uh, what's going on. They, they keep you focused and you learn more, I think, uh, in that environment. I think you've probably been asked this plenty of times before. But the next Jeopardy James, what should that person be doing trying to do? I mean, obviously, you have to have a photographic memory. Obviously, you have to have a personality that wants to learn things. But what are some things you – because you have to be well-read. You have to know a lot about sports. You have to know movies. You have to know history. You have to know so much. How does somebody attain all that information? Is it just by kind of committing – like almost, I don't want to say like your entire childhood do it, but it seems like that is the only way to do it. You know, I think that I have uh, the kind of attitude towards life that, it, you know, if I have one shot at Jeopardy, I really want to maximize it, uh, do everything I can. That's, I think, an important attitude if you really want to be Jeopardy James. Um, I would say, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm playing it about as well as I thought uh, anyone could go out there and do. So, you know, maybe someone has a little better buzzer reflexes than I do. But other than that, I think, the next Jeopardy James would go on with a similar approach, uh, similar knowledge base, and probably be playing a similar strategy. The bu- the buzzer is everything, huh? There was a guy on the other night that was that was so mad at you. He was <laughs> he was almost breaking the buzzer because he couldn't get in before you. The buzzer is the um, kind of the X factor in this whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, everyone who's on the stage has passed two difficult tests to get on there. They all know the answers to most of the questions, and you know, sometimes you just can't get in. It's got to be frustrating. <laughs> shout out to guitar hero man <laughs> shout out to guitar because you're so calm cool and collected too it's just down there right underneath the thing just kind of hanging out whenever you go out for jeopardy i assume you think it's only a one or two day trip because that's the norm how do you take, do you take your family with you or do they kind of move out once you're a week into this thing? Or, or, well, I guess you're only recording on two separate days, so it's only a couple weeks in there. But how does it all happen? Do you prepare for a two-day thing and then it turns into this? Or, or what was the whole mentality going out? So the, um, there's a few things to, to get at here, I guess. Uh, when I first went out there, um, I knew I was only doing the second taping day of that week, so I knew that was only a one-day trip. I just booked that by myself. Uh, and then, you know, I had to come back the next week, and I went by myself for that. But they, they actually pay for your airfare. Uh, if First class? A returning champion. <laughs> Steerage, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they book you a ticket that like, comes out the, the night before the taping, and then you leave the night of the, the first day. And then they would have to cancel that ticket, get me a new one for after the second day of taping. And that continued for a few weeks uh, after that. The... The third week I went to taping, I finally brought uh, my wife and one of my friends. You know, one of the problems is I can't just bring my wife and ever be in the audience because someone's got to take care of the four-year-old, and we don't know anyone in L.A. well enough to just commit to babysitting at that point. So we, my friend and my wife did a, a trade-off. They taped three episodes in the morning and two in the afternoon, and they traded the kid uh, at halftime. <laughs> are, um, are you a coffee guy? Energy drink no. guy? <laughs> I, uh, I, I like Coke Zero, but no, the taste of coffee is horrible for me. So uh, yeah, that was that was a challenge. You know, I could have used a little more pep than I had up there. I think. How do you come up with the clever ways to write your name down there? 
Hockey stick uh, was a good one. Hey, <laughs> hockey stick was a good one, by the way. Topical, too, with the NHL playoffs. I thought that was very clever, especially if you're taping in advance. I mean, that's thinking ahead, good foresight. Obviously, you're Jeopardy Genius James. You're going to do that. But how do you come up with – are you getting bored with the things you got to do for your name down there? So my initial plan was to uh, draw the first letter of draw the first letter of a metal band logo uh, into one of the letters of my name every episode, but I ran out about seven episodes in <laughs> kind of wing it from there. I would not say there's a ton of uh, thought that goes into some of these things. There was one day where I, uh, I wrote my name kind of like in the font of the Jeopardy logo, and I actually got in trouble because I was, uh, I was writing something down during the production meeting, and they, they thought I was, I don't even know what, but you can't, you can't uh, act like you're taking notes on something uh, <laughs> during that. Everything has to be above board. <laughs> Those things that are separating you and the person next to you, to your left, obviously, you've been there a long time. Those don't seem tall enough for somebody if they want to cheat and look at your answer. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, but I feel like if the camera's always on you, it's going to pick up if you're you're doing this. No. <laughs> <laughs> are people starstruck when they see you now? You know, I don't know if starstruck is the right word, although I, uh, I will say... Um, I went to lunch a couple of days ago, and uh, afterwards I looked on Twitter, and someone uh, tweeted something to the effect of, like, I think I just saw Jeopardy James at this restaurant, and I couldn't even bring myself to mumble a go nights go under my breath because it was like seeing the face of Jesus firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's going to make you feel good whenever you see some haters' tweets, I assume. Have you been on social media pretty active? I've seen your Twitter growing. I like what you're doing, by the way. Yeah, I would say a fair amount. Um, you know, I just... I. I've literally never done Twitter before this, so I, I don't know anything about how it works. I'm just trying to learn on the fly. Well, James, I think the world has never seen anything like you, man. We're all trying to learn on the fly knowing that a human like you exists, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a whole other level. When I said that earlier, I mean it. It's like all these humans that have their smartest friend get on Jeopardy. Like, yeah, like you, you meet a group at a bar or something. You walk up, you're like, hey, how's it going? And just something comes up like, oh, this guy got on Jeopardy. You're like, oh, shit, this guy's really smart. When were you on? Oh, I was on in uh, June and in, uh, in May in uh, 2019. Oh, <laughs> oh, you got just completely buzzsawed by Jeopardy James. It's an incredible feat, man. I think you should be very proud of what you're doing. Have you been paid yet or does that come at the end when you lose? They give you a check allegedly four months after your last episode airs. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, I have to lose eventually or I don't get paid. Wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, they need to fly you first class, too. What you've done for Jeopardy is first class, man. It's awesome. Is Trebek a cool guy? Has he become a big fan of yours? You don't spend a ton of time uh, with him because, they, you know, these quiz show scandals they had back in the 50s, they want everything to uh, avoid uh -huh. any appearance of impropriety now. But, um, you know, I think he's... If you look at him in the interviews, he's genuinely kind of in awe of what's going on on the show. And I, I don't know. I think it's cool to see him uh, coming out and saying that. Jeez, James, you're awesome, man. we got a couple guys in the room here that are fans. I'm sure there's some questions. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. You're the best, dude. Go ahead, Jeffrey. Uh, key to the city of Las Vegas. How was that for you? Uh, that was something I didn't see coming for sure. Um, you know, it was kind of a surreal feeling. Uh, I had one fun story about that. So I was wearing a... Uh, 
jersey of Mark Stone and the Golden Knights, and um, we were by the Vegas sign at this key ceremony. So there were some European tourists in line to take pictures of the sign, and they're like, "Who is this guy? And why is there such a big commotion?" And uh, you can see them like googling in their phones, Stone sixty one. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, hockey player. No wonder. <laughs> it's so funny to think that Las Vegas, the city known for so much, gave a key to the city to a Jeopardy contestant. <laughs> Hey, James, while I got you, which way should I lean, Toronto or Golden State? Uh, well, I don't – I mean, we, we all know the Warriors are the better team, right? So uh, I, I guess it just depends on how many points you're getting on the Raptors or whatever kind of series price. I mean, if you have any inside information on Durant's health, I would, hey, I would be very appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> noted, noted. Can you send me – can you think you can email maybe like your best model? I assume you've created a bunch of gambling models. Yeah, do, what do you have? Do you have a bunch of – do you just punch a bunch of things into a database? You seem like a very statistic and uh, organized – like that type of operation over there. There is uh, – I mean, there's definitely models in play, but you you got to – really kind of synthesize everything you know. Uh, you know, one of the th tricky things is there's so much to learn about sports betting, and unless you have a friend who uh, happens to be a sports betting pro, nobody out there is going to teach it to you because you become their competition once you're good at this sort of thing. Uh, luckily, you know, I, I knew some people who I uh, did some consulting for years back, and they taught me some important stuff about that sort of thing. Sports gambling is about to become nationally legalized. It's r we're right on the the brink of it happening. It's already happening in states that it happened in Indiana. Nobody, Indiana's behind on everything. So as soon as that happens, I feel like that's kind of a gateway to everybody else. You doing what you're doing on Jeopardy amongst other professions like best in crushing them is doing sports gambling such a positive PR spin. I, I, I don't know if you've been thanked by the sports gambling people, but you should be. I don't even know who they are, but they should be thanking you. Yeah, I have done uh, a few interviews with sites that are kind of proponents of the spread of legal gambling, and I think it's really cool. You know, it's a big time in our industry. You know, if I can be of some help in putting a good face on it, that's great. Well, because I think the Italians kind of had a kind of a – a headlock on the sports gambling world. When people thought of sports gambling, they thought of uh, old, old big time Tommy down there at, uh, at the corner running a book. You know what I mean? And now sports gambler's finest is representing on the smartest show on earth. I mean, it's it's only good things, especially with it coming into legalization here soon. Like, for instance, when marijuana is about to be legalized nationally, if some pothead gets on Jeopardy and just runs the table, that'd be great for marijuana. Do you know who uh, Dan Bilzerian is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so my poker playing friends tell me their uh, their parents used to, or sorry, friends of their parents or whoever used to hear, oh, you're a pro poker player. Do you know Dan Bilzerian? And now they say, oh, you're a pro gambler. Do you know James Holtzauer? <laughs> <laughs> I seem to think it's a better uh, spin. Hey, you're, yeah. you are the exact same as Dan Bilzerian, too. Now that I've sat down, I've <laughs> sure. yeah. uh, Todd's got one for you. When we watch Jeopardy post edit, it appears to be like a gentleman's game, a ladies' game. But during recording, is there ever any kind of trash talking that goes on? Do you try to get in each other's heads? Uh, no, it hasn't happened yet. And I think it's a pretty rare thing. You know, we all uh, are good sports up there. Everyone has been a great sport to me. I hope I've been a good sport to them, but I can't say for certain that I have been. I'm trying. <laughs> that one lady's a hater, man. She she is a hater. She, you have a hater out there. You beat, I mean, you, you just beat the hell out of her in Jeopardy, but she is a hater. And you know what? 
I can't wait for you to be done until you're the man that's answering all the questions everywhere and you're the new standard for game show contestants. I'm not just talking about Jeopardy. I'm talking about everything because I think you've handled yourself in a manner that's so positive too. Always smiling. You look like you're enjoying it. It's not like too much for you. You're keeping your cool. You're respectful. I mean, you're literally just, this is a dominant performance in the, in the proper manner. Yeah, you know, I'm just doing my best. I, uh, <laughs> I know take it one game at a time is kind of a cliche, but it's really the attitude you need to have up there, I think. I wish you would have just. I wish you would just talk shit though. Like, <laughs> Ty Schmidt into a, like, oh, that was an easy one, don't you think, Trebek? A little bit easy. <laughs> Ty Schmidt's in the back. Uh, James, have they approached you about like uh, the Legends tournament at all, or like going against uh, Watson? Because I think you have like a legit shot to to just blow Watson out of the water as well. Uh, well, I mean, in terms of knowledge and like ability to parse English trivia questions. I guess I could see me defeating Watson, although I think his mechanical edge on the buzzer, that was why he beats Ken and Brad in that super tournament, is just that he could buzz in faster than anyone else. I, I believe that IBM wiped all of Watson's uh, Jeopardy playing data, though, so I can, I can get him uh, when it's easy now. So I enjoyed the game The Chase, and they just took some genius from Oxford and put him at the top of, the th of a thing and had a bunch of trivia questions get asked. Are you preparing for what's about to come after this, especially with the pop and uh, topical f just fame that you've had here? There's going to be a lot of offers for you to do a lot of really cool things. Have you thought about that? Yeah, you know, it's it's difficult because new things keep popping up in the inbox every day. Uh, you know, I can't talk publicly about a lot of them, but stuff I never foresaw uh, is coming to pass right now. So I'm going to have some tough choices to make coming up. I think a very simple one, obviously, just like the chase, come and see if you can beat Jeopardy James. You could probably take that on tour, I'd assume, and you'd be able to sell out just theaters everywhere. Like the Stump the Schwab show. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that whenever I heard you were coming on the show, which I'm so thankful you did, I was like, I wonder what everybody tries to do whenever he comes on. Stump him. It's got to be the thing that it is. That could be something that's easy. I mean, I feel like you'll be able to run off this forever. I don't know if you'll have to place another sports bet in your life. <laughs> I, uh, I did a interview on a Chicago area sports station and they uh, set up a Jeopardy game where three of the five categories were about sports and the other two were like authors and presidents and I was actually trailing in their Jeopardy game to the uh, the host of the show in the sports categories but then the authors and presidents categories let me catch up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the clue. This man is the all-time leading scorer in football at West Virginia University. Uh... <laughs> That is a good question. Yeah, thanks for coming on my <laughs> thanks for coming on my show, James. This has been a great time. Uh, who is Pat McAfee? Is the answer to that? If that pops up on uh, from Trebek, you go ahead and hit that homer, will you, Bub? Sure. I probably should have uh, seen that answer coming. Huh? <laughs> well, James, I can't thank you enough for your hospitality, for your entertainment, for your humble humility. It's just, uh, this is awesome. And I'm very thankful you came on this show. I, we honestly never thought it would happen. I'm such a big fan. And uh, this has been really, really cool. Hey, uh, before I go, your producers promised me that uh, since we're on a video, I could do your fake punt dance for the, uh, the camera. Yes. Here we go. Video teaser for us. I'm going to do my best, right? <laughs> <laughs> There you go, James. Uh, James, you looked incredible there. You did it better than me, which is what I should have expected. Just like you're doing game show in Jeopardy better than any human that's ever existed. You've been fun to watch, man. A real joy, a real treat to households and families all around the country. So thank you. And thank you for your hospitality today, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeopardy genius. 
James Holzhauer. Here we go, James. Thank you, Pat. It was a pleasure. James, you were so cool, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. No, this is uh, this is great. You know, I uh, one of the nice things about being offered so many interview requests is like you can just do the ones that speak to you. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. Well, I'm so thankful you came on, man. If you ever needing, not that you will. I'm just wondering, you know, <laughs> not that you ever would need anything. But if you ever need anything, you let me know, and I'll, I can't wait to watch your ride here on Jeopardy and uh, keep promoting Hellity. I think you're a good dude. All right, thank you so much. Cheers, man. Thanks, Have a great James. night. Good Tell much. the family Bye. we said hello. Okay, See you, James. I did not expect him to be that uh, good. Right. I didn't either. Amazing. He was wide Way open. Way more personality yeah. than I thought he would have. Very charismatic. He was wide open. It there. helps when he likes the host, and he obviously yeah, did. True. He I, really did. I, it really in his eyes when we were Facetiming yeah. there. I saw. I was looking in his eyes. It seemed like he is potentially a fan of what we got going oh, on. Yeah. We hit him right in the down. fields. I mean, he's a big sports guy, so he was all about you. Yeah, because I assume with the Jeopardy fan base, the the interviews yeah. he's been getting requested to, yeah. much different world. So mm-hmm. then whenever this popped up on his radar, shout out Nick Morado, by the way, Booker yeah. for the Pat Man. Hey. Well, I was very skeptical about this guy. You know, I thought the whole thing was rigged. So I wanted to get to the bottom of it. And I got to say, and I watched one of his performances this week, and I was very impressed. It's, it, I've changed my mind. Every he's sing- legit. Every single performance by him, by the way, is impressive. Every single one. Whenever mm-hmm. he said in there that every single night he thinks he's putting out his best Jeopardy performance, hilarious. He talks shit in a subtle way about how it could be disappointing, how other people can't get their answers in. I mean, he was just, he was electric. I'm very thankful for old Jeopardy, James. I think he's on Twitter, too, at... Yeah, James Holzhauer. 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 He was very open, but he wasn't that open about like, hey, what's the recipe for other people to succeed? Yeah, and he gave me nothing on Golden State and uh, Toronto. He doesn't want to give the playbook. He's kind of busy. Well, he said he hasn't been focusing on that. He actually took the way he went to Sicily, remember, because they've already recorded. By the way, he must be good for the next week. Yeah. (laughs) I'm assuming. (laughs) He seemed okay. little spoiler alert. He was very happy. Uh, And he said, allegedly, you get paid four months after you lose. So we'll see. I guess I'll have to lose at some point. Said, "Yeah, hey, we still got a couple of days left of the week here." Don't Jeopardy's Jeopardy's not gonna be happy. You know what I liked the best about it was when he said, "When we talked about you talked about Alex Trebek with him and stuff," and he's like, "Well, don't really hang around now, old Alex, too much for the integrity of the game." I, Pro- I thought, you know, by the way, I assume that is a real thing yeah. you have to deal oh, yeah, with. For sure. sure, people are already hating on him, saying he's. Too, I mean, Nick was saying he was cheating yeah, very early. Nick said mm-hmm. it a lot. But people probably oh. think if he's if he's palling around with Diggs never said it, of course. <laughs> I know, Diggs, you would never say something like that. But if you're palling around with Trebek in between takes, I'd assume the other people would get what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. A little loose. Get away from him. Yeah. Like that lady on CNN who's yeah. just dogging him. Like imagine her dropping up. And and Trebek and James sharing a coffee together. Uh, like, hobnobbing. That would be a big deal. That would completely ruin the integrity of Jeopardy. But it just well, it just adds to the thing of Trebek is like, you know, he's cocky when he gives the answers off yeah. and stuff, and I can just see him, it's like, Don't talk to nice me. to meet you. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. Nerd. I assume after the run's over. <laughs> exactly. After the run's over, they'll, they'll do dinner. I assume. I, I would hope so, especially because the whole very close to remission thing's yeah. happening right here along mm-hmm. the same lines. This is a massive moment for the legend of Alex Trebek's life. And for old Jeopardy genius James to come Come waltzing into town. I mean, it was just a perfect timing. And I'm so thankful. We don't get guys like that. No, no we don't. I mean, it, he's an amazing story because the, the show is gambling. 
When it you is. think, I never really thought about it that way yeah. until talking to him. But knowing when to go low, Fun when coupons. to go high, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that f- mindset he brought in the final uh, Jeopardy there. The that is a one thousand percent on whether or not you're confident in yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think the guy, the guy that uh, was close to beating him, they both got it right. The guy. Probably didn't have as much faith, as much faith in himself. And old Jeopardy James just outbid him because mm-hmm. he's confidence. There's a there's a recipe for it. You got to be confident. You got to be well read. You got to have all those things. And it seems as if he's just got it. He's the making of a perfect Jeopardy player. Mm-hmm. And I, I, get, I guess his wife uh, was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire won twenty eight thousand or something like that. Yeah. So imagine old couple's Trivial Pursuit accidentally <laughs> running into the fucking hose hires. Don't invite them to game yeah. night ever oh again. Oh my god. Oh, they just bred a four-year-old. He's going to be a prodigy. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. I want to know what child bo- child's books he's reading, too. Oh, uh, not the same ones I read. Uh, did you? Did yeah, you? I think so. At one point. He said something about there were graphs. <laughs> Where the Red Fern Grows was the last one I read in fourth grade. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Fisher's that class. was sad. Berenstein Bears. Bears. Yeah, Where the, the Red Fern Grows was one of the saddest but yeah. best books of all yeah. time. Dog dies at the end. Oh, that come and on. Spoiler, bro. That uh, and I mean, it's, it's at least fifty years old. Big Gary Paulson. Oh, Gary Paulson. Hey, I remember the Hatchet movie. We watched the Hatchet movie. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like I believe it was like Hatchet uh, Brian's Winter. All good. Yeah, it was after you were supposed to read the book. We took the test and then we watched the movie. <laughs> yeah, I just watched the movie. Yeah. Smart, just like um, just like a mice and men. Smart. Mm-hmm. Oh, Reading the book. Favorite. By the way, the book's much better than the movie. I don't care. I don't care. The movie's yeah. much quicker. Yeah. How about that one? Let's talk about a little bit convenience versus quality. I'm here for the convenience mm-hmm. fee. Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Great Gatsby. Obviously, mm-hmm. never read that or watched that. I mean, that's just a whole different animal. But he is a uh, an intriguing character, man. I, that brain is just such a good one. Honestly, such a good fucking brain. Man. And you know, he's he's got to be walking down the streets. I don't care if he's in New York, L.A., Las Vegas. You know that face because he's such a trend and such I a viral how, thing. How he just gets around, I'm saying. I wonder how many million people watch Jeopardy every night. That's been on for Great 30 question. years. Fuck. And it is on every single night. And he's only, I mean, you heard him drop the 25% uh, ratings loss yeah. for the yeah. teacher's yeah. week. <laughs> he very much knows that he, he moves the fucking needle. Yep. Jeopardy James knows that he moves the needle on Jeopardy. It's incredible. We do a lot of ad reads for companies here. Yeah. It's oh, kind yeah. of our business. Mm-hmm. Okay, And this conversation you're hearing us about to get into, we talk business, we talk life, it's, it's really good. We interrupted it to tell you this. This company that is currently doing a promo with us is by far... The dumbest company we have ever done a promo deal with. Wait, what? Yeah. Dumbest company ever. They are giving a special to listeners of this show. 74% off. Oh, come on. There goes all the profit. There goes all the profit. Unheard of. And it's a great product, too. So it's not like it's a bad product that they're trying to give away to people for free, basically. It's a great product that they are giving 74% off for. Are you ready for this? Are you looking for an easy, affordable way to stock up for summer grilling, Todd? Yeah. I am. Gorman, too. (laughs) As well as a great gift, you need to think Omaha Steaks. Yes. Omaha Steaks is America's original butcher, making special occasions easier since 1917. Whoa. That's a lot of beef there. Quick math, Foxy. Oh, God. You put me right on the spot. That's 102 years. Yeah. For those that haven't listened to the show long, that is the first time Foxy has gotten something like that right. I'm very proud of him. That felt kind of good. Foxy, if 74% is taken off from this incredible Omaha Steaks oh, deal, no. how much are people paying out of the 100%? Oh, good question. $16. <laughs> 
Is that your final answer? Plus $10. <laughs> right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited-time Father's Day gift offer to listeners of this show. You go to omahasteaks.com and enter code AMERICA in the search bar, and you only have to pay 26% of what a normal price is. That's 74% off for the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package. A $235 value now for only $59.99. Yes. Wow. Man. You're only paying $50.99, $59.99 for this. Two tender filet mignon. Mm. <laughs> two bold top sirloins. I'll take them. They bold. Two savory pork chops. I can yes, taste please. it. Four it Omaha steak burgers. I love them. Four massive gourmet jumbo franks. Oh, nice. Frank. Four crispy chicken fried steaks. Give me them. All beef meatballs. Four premium chicken breasts. Four caramel apple tartlets for dessert. Ooh. A packet of Omaha steak signature seasoning and what, five more? golden rings. Close. Four extra <laughs> Omaha steak burgers for free. How about oh that? Fifty nine ninety nine for basically everything that a restaurant serves to all of their members <laughs> in one night. $59.99, 74% off, two fillets, two sirloins, two pork chops, eight burgers, four franks, four crisp chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, four chicken breasts, four caramel apple tartlets, and a packet of Omaha Steaks signature seasoning, $59.99. OmahaSteaks.com, enter code America, and get 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package from your friends at Omaha Steaks. Oh, it's absurd. I legit ordered two of these, <laughs> and it filled my entire chest freezer. It's all it's like packed it full. I'm ready for the next grill. Maybe event. maybe order another two, by the way, because fall is going to come around, and then Tailgate winter, you keep season. them in your freezer there. You know when the apocalypse hits. Ever. Yeah. If you're one of those types you're of guys. you need like, fresh meat. You're going to need fresh meat. And they're giving away the greatest tasting fresh meat at the lowest price I've ever seen in my entire life. 74% off. The the square off between him and Ken. What's Ken's last name? Jennings. Who's this Watson character you talked about? He's the That's a computer. computer. <laughs> IBM, IBM Watson. It's a computer that just like, and he's right. Like, that, Trebek, I thought it was a person this whole time. Derek Watson from That makes Phoenix. so much sense on his little joke I didn't get about being faster on the button. Okay. Yeah. Oh, dude, I thought. <laughs> I, guys, come on. Went right watch, by me. Went you guys right watch me. TV. The Watson commercials are all over the place. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah but I wasn't putting it in context. Uh, uh, who's like this Watson character? Super computer. <laughs> <laughs> That was a former champion. <laughs> Me too, dude. Jim Watson. I was like, man, I watch that show all the time. I feel like I would have known about it. <laughs> the guy from Arizona, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> all me. Uh, 13.3 million now during his run is what he's Damn. 13.3 million. I saw that uh, Game of Thrones had 17.1 million people watching the uh, final episode there. Would have ranked number 71 for the NFL season, by the way. Wow. Oh, yeah. For all you people that think how big Game of Thrones is, the NFL <laughs> is just coming out here shitting on it. I'm a big throner. Big yeah. I'm a big thrower, and I was one of those 17 easy corners. Who's this Watson character? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ty asked that question, you. and I was like, right, That's great. Ty's man. a smart go. guy. <laughs> I'm sure, I honestly, I thought Ken's last name started with a J. So whenever yes. you mentioned Watson, I was like, I guess Ken's last name is Watson. <laughs> and then he mentioned Ken in the answer, and I was like, I have no idea what just happened. Well, that's, that's what he me. said, because he was talking about like wiping its database. Like, you know, he was like, they wiped his, uh, well, his he, entire Watson came too soon. Like, social also, media wasn't yeah, super popular when he was He was around. also referring to Watson as he. 
Oh, yeah. those, yeah. oh. Hmm. What are you saying, Dix? No, no, no. I'm just saying like that's <laughs> what, that's through, in your off. favor. Through Watson off, did have a male's voice. Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought he was were, using. Yeah, he was referring to Watson in the interview as he. I just want to let you know. I still have no idea who we're talking about. I would like it to be. It's a spinning ball with another spinning ring around it. That's Watson. If you had brought up like the paperclip from the Word document, I would have understood that. Now yes. we're talking. It's an IBM super modern day paperclip. I got it now. It's a big and unit. Too. He's gonna yeah. beat the supercomputer. He said I he, think co- he, could, he couldn't yeah. on the trigger. Oh, because the timing, the human. Yeah. I didn't fully understand the lighting. By the way, we got a lot of inside intel there. Yeah, yeah. yeah we did. I would never know. I'll never be on Jeopardy. <laughs> Maybe Will Fortune. Mm. And I, I, I think I'd do well in there. But the inside intel there that they get 30 minutes to practice with the thing, you think he's still taking that 30 minutes to practice? Yeah, Because they always said, you know, I think Abraham Lincoln said it. Nope. Somebody said it, though. If you give me an axe five hours in a tree, sharpen it. I'm going to sharpen it for four hours. I'm going to sharpen that axe yep. for four hours. Hey. Do you think he's still practicing? Hell yeah. When, oh, yeah. when you oh, were yeah. the best punter in the league, did you still warm up? You still practice? I never warmed up, but I did practice. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did practice. Good thing I, good thing I said practice. See, after yeah, you, yeah, you did a slash. Yeah, yeah. You did a warm slash. up slash practice, which basically. Same yeah, the thing. light thing was weird because he was like, "It's uh, a border around, and it looks like it's counting down." But then he said, "It's definitely not counting down at all." Yeah, he said, "There's no three, two, one." So, so I think just light just fucking. So goes. does the light just? It probably wraps all the way around, huh? Maybe it's just the moving border. at all times, and then it turns a color yeah. when. Fucking so is it when Trebek stops talking that light turns on? Seems like yeah. It. I would assume so. So it's somebody who is better. So that yeah. person has to be the only person that can beat James then. Right. The person that turns on the light to go is exactly when Trebek is done. That person. Or prob- James beats the light person and it's just like, oh, well, he already fucking hit it. Uh. I don't know. I don't know how it could possibly work. Well, it is, though. That's what stands the great champions apart. Like that Ken and Jennings was the same way. Like other people just had no opportunity to ever ring in. Like it just, it, whether he knew it or not too, like he was confident enough that like, well, if I don't know it, it'll come to me within the set, the time. Allotted yeah. How many seconds is it? It's like uh it's a little it's bit quick. of it, it. Yeah. But still it gives you a little bit of time. I mean, like you can six to eight. Maybe? Yeah. I think you can click it and still get a, Ah, you know, I don't know that one. Or <laughs> yeah. like uh, at the last second, what is blah, blah, blah. Thank right. God. You're like just trusting your brain. Kind of like what I did with that speech last night. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> at the Big Brothers thing. I was like, yeah, I'll just go ahead and trust the brain to figure it out. Pat literally goes up to me. He goes, yeah, 20, 30 minutes. I can do that, right? I'm like, Pat, you're going to have no fucking issue with 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and then I went up there, did an hour. Shout out to Big Brothers, Big Sisters. I get into the full story here in a little bit. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, the Big Brothers, Big Sisters program in northeastern Indiana is doing incredible things. I was lucky to be a part of that. Jeopardy James seems like he's going to be winning forever. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. And whenever this is done, he's going to land some awesome gigs. What are they going to have I him mean, do? I don't is know. Crunch He'll numbers, man. Represent no, some that, major dude. sports book. or You know what I mean? He's going to get that something. That Chase guy. The Beast, man, that was the gig there. I mean, he, that guy's just sitting up on a pedestal, literally, just answering questions against people. Mm-hmm. I would assume that would get boring for him, but there has to be a way that James could travel and tour with this, too. Yeah, I mean, right. there, there's a way to really... Fuck, if Disney on Ice can still travel, fucking James Holzard, <laughs> you know, you Jeopardy know, Jimmy should be Disney, able to... though, has got a lock on most, uh, yeah. most individuals, is, Donner. Is Jeopardy like... So I know it's like the NCAA where he can't finish or he can't get paid until he's done. But is he going to have to purposely lose it sometime to get her money? Or he, will he get backers in the meantime? Be like, hey, don't lose. 
Oh yeah, because he's going to run out of money. Yeah, at some point. I'd front him. Uh, I, if I was an, a money manager, I'd say, hey, here, here's three hundred thousand. We'll talk in a couple I, of months. I know an agent who has already re- reached out to him, <laughs> uh, looking to like, hey, if you just want any help I'm with sure. anything post and yeah, he reached out to me. I told uh, whenever I made an announcement that we have a goat joining us, I got a text yeah. message that said, "Who is it?" And I said, "Never going to guess it." Told him the name. He's like, "Oh, I reached out to him already, trying to rep him." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I can imagine it's a feeding frenzy with that yeah. guy right now, as it should be, by the way." I mean, he's him saying that um, he's got a lot of options on the table. Yeah. I mean, that is, I couldn't even fathom what that email is right there on his Twitter bio, by the way. Yeah. Hey, if you got any business, just go ahead and send it right here. You want to get, get me on a show? Send it right here. And the fact that he checked it, saw it, old Frankie sent the email. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Hey, speaking of game shows, and you mentioned it earlier because his wife was on it, is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire still on the TV? I think it is, yeah. It's on Game Show Network, too, right? I think think it's on Game Show. It still is. Regis still doing it? No. It's, uh, I think it might, it, it was Chris Harrison for a while. It might be Meredith Vieira still. I don't know. No, I think ah. Meredith Vieira's out. I forget. Is she I the see old her, bitchy she, lady? Yeah, hers are on the game show network. So <laughs> well, don't be, don't she's be. She's a hard ass. You're a bad guy, man. I, I wouldn't call her that, but she's a hard ass for sure. Yeah, she looked like she didn't play many games. No. Old bitchy lady. But do you remember that one guy that won a million on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Called his dad to tell him. And he flexed. He said, I'm going to phone a friend. And he's like, oh, you need help. He's like, no, I'm calling the old man. Tell him I just won a million. James does that on Final Jeopardy. He'll go like, what is, bang with the final answer. And then he'll say, hi, to somebody in parentheses. And he'll be like, how much did you wager? Uh, (laughs) 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 $52,000. And then they cut to him and he like smiles at his thing. I mean, that has to feel so good. I'd love it if we saw him at the World Series of Poker next year after his run's done or something like that. I don't know if he's a poker player, is he? I mean. No, he's he probably more like he sports he had, gambling. He said so. he's poker friends, but uh, so I, I assume he plays. You with live maybe. in Vegas, I would yeah. assume yeah. you're kind of connected. I did, to all right. people. I did see he follows only four people on Twitter, and one of them is a guy that like runs a poker room. Ooh, so maybe he does. Juicy, analytical though. You would think blackjack would be one that he yeah. would love yeah. to get into because 21, just like him. Just, by the way, how about him getting banned from sports books? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. He's got to write a book, obviously. Yeah, right, he has sure. to write a book. That's probably the ca- the thing that catapults into everything else. There's sort of analytics in poker, though, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Sure. Like percentages of what you yeah. have, but you have to be able to. Like, it's a very much a uh, it's a mental jousting game, which obviously he's very good at it. But I, I, I don't think. I think the blackjack, the Would analytics are much more prevalent. Yeah, there are other yeah. games that lend to that more. Yeah, because yeah. you actually get to see what everybody has and everything like that. Like blackjack, they turn over every card. You basically see every single card that comes out. And then mm-hmm. it's just all about being able to boom, boom, plus one, minus one, plus mm-hmm. two, minus two, mm-hmm. blah, 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 that whole thing. Yeah, I don't like getting banned because you're good. I mean, if he was cheating the rules somehow of these casinos, so somehow in sports gambling... I understand yeah, it. Man, it's crazy. But that I don't they understand the a right band. to refuse service to anybody. I understand that, but all he did is got lucky, and you know, for you know years or whatever. He's a good gambler. Why yeah, do they ban him? I don't fully understand how casinos are allowed I don't to do either. that or not. I don't either. I remember in Indiana when the casinos first start, started here, and I was in the enforcement unit. They would bring in like Vegas, all the the best card counters in blackjack. Whenever a state first opens legislation for riverboat gambling or something. All the card counters come in in force. That's like great. they flood every casino. They just freaking just hit them for. They're like gypsies uh, coming in. Yeah, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars. They do it on purpose because the casino will catch on very quickly and be like, because they're like, hey, well, we're fucking down in that pit, like uh, $800,000 right now. So they get all the surveillance on it. And then they freak out and they go down and they say, hey, sir, excuse me, you're welcome to play any other game in the casino, but you're not allowed to play blackjack anymore. You are banned. And then they file a complaint and they the whole purpose of that is to make that state decide legislative-wise, are they going to allow 
card counting or not. Wow. If they're going to make it illegal or if they're going to be able to ban you and all the rules that apply And I would assume most states decide to ban card counting. Yeah. Because they view that as a way of cheating, but is it? I don't know if it is. That's just the people people that are going after Jeopardy James for daily double hunting and ruining the the spirit of the game or whatever... Well, how is that? He's just because he's better at the game than you are. Like just like these card counters, they're like, just because they're better. When at you're blackjack. a card counter, you've mastered the game of blackjack. Practice, that's too. all it is. Yeah, it's, it's a proven way to win. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But so what they'll do though, the combat it too, is they'll make their table limits so low yeah. that card counters won't want to even go to your casino. It's not worth it. Oh, see the low table and that's limits. What they, that's what they do for him. They. They won't let him bet more than ten thousand dollars on a certain bet. So that's why Indiana did. Indiana said you're not allowed to forbid them from playing the game just because they're awesome at it. And they said, okay, we'll just lower our table limits, and they won't even want to come here. All right, if they want to make any money, they're gonna be here for seventy two straight. See how good their counting is after forty eight hours in the goddamn pit. It's like a bowling alley telling a guy, yeah, you you roll three hundred games, you can't bowl here. Yeah, but the bowling alley doesn't have to pay out of pocket to the person. Come on, forms. It's a good point. It's a good point. Now that I think about it, I feel like instead of banning them, they should hire. Him and be like, you're <laughs> destroying us. Help they us will. out. Well, that's what I always said about the people who are setting the lines. Like, the yes. people who are setting the lines, they have to get paid so much money yeah, from those casinos because if they leave, mm-hmm. they can just they can do whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe they can't because of this situation where they got to get friends to go place bets. Maybe I don't know. I'll be excited it's to see what crazy. old Jeopardy James does. What an intriguing human he was. Naperville, Illinois. Where's that at? Uh, it's just like northwest suburbs. Of oh, Chicago? Chicago? Yep. Are you anywhere near that? Uh, like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, Same wow. water nice. you two were drinking. You're both rich as fuck now. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> he just caught up to the Zitos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> the Zitos. <laughs> the whole family of Zitos. I had a dream last night uh, whenever we got back from Fort Wayne, which you'll hear about at the end of the show. <laughs> we recorded it earlier, and it's just really not working out. I just want to talk about it, but it, you'll hear it. Um, <laughs> I chugged some NyQuil for the first time in a while now, yeah. and I really I went to town. I just wanted to go to sleep. It was late. I couldn't sleep, mm-hmm. so I chugged some NyQuil, and boy, those dreams last night were uh, fantastic. I mean, I am a good dreamer, I, and I love my dreams. A couple weeks ago, I had a Sasquatch playing a guitar to run a fire with me. I mean, that was a great conversation. Oh, that's a good you know? time. Yeah, I, I called him the goat of hide-and-seek. He <laughs> respected it. Yeah, there's a shirt for sale literally right now about it. Last night, I was vice president uh, oh, of nice. America. Oh, the yeah. whole country? I don't know how I got in there, but I was <laughs> I was holding a meeting with all the people. Uh, who are the people? that uh, cabinet, the cabinet. cabinet. There it is. 14 I, of them. Yep, and I fired four people. <laughs> Wow. First meeting. Were you wearing like a suit and stuff? Do you like remember that? No, stuff? no, I had sleeveless. I had oh, sleeveless. Oh, it was awesome. Well, and I think that's why the meeting didn't go great, and that's why I had to fire four people. Who was the president? Which is also wild. Because He's dead. I don't know. He just died, though. I know that. Oh, you took over. Oh, so you were because the vice president has literally no power. No. Yeah, yeah, he died. Though. Okay, he, oh, so he, now he, that makes power. sense. So I got put in power. Got it. And uh, I was just giving name Zito to your cabinet. Yeah. No, no, no. Didn't do that in my no. dream. No, in my dream. Serious snacks. <laughs> you do not deserve. No, this. he's attacking me. I don't know why. Get him it's probably because Will Smith is very, very good in the new Aladdin movie. He's not oh. very good. Oh, speaking of a dream, Will Smith in that movie, I guess, is a dream role. People are saying. People are saying. Robin Williams crushed it. How are you going to follow up? Nobody knows. Hire Will Smith. That's yeah. what happens. Sounds like a good plan. I think that movie's supposed to be incredible. Yeah, it's going to get. It's crushed a Disney weekend, movie. Though. It's it, they already made the movie. It's a remake. Of course, it's good. Everyone knows that. Oh, remakes. You already are know good. what happened. Remakes are always good. No, no, it's more but pressure it's Disney. on you. Disney's not going to pump out a bad movie. That's it just doesn't true. happen. Exactly. That's why, yeah. Disney just That's why he so had to go and jump on their train. 
Oh. Hey, guys, help me out. Prop me up a little bit. Is that what he did? Yeah. yeah. They, they invited him, by the way. And they were yeah. honored when he said yes. What's coming out this weekend that's going to crush it? Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla. I did not know Godzilla was coming out this weekend. Oh, yeah. King of Monsters. It, it looks really good, too. Yeah. The preview is pretty awesome. That's in Japan, right? Well, what do you mean? Godzilla. Is it? Is the whole movie I think take he, place he was in created Japan? in Japan. Yes, the story, I believe, was created in Japan. Yeah. Yes. In the Sea of Japan? Um, oh, yes. That'd be a good remix, by the way. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I think did, so. He oh, was, by the way, I think so. It, from he, nuclear testing. From nuclear testing, yes. From Jim Kong's missiles? <laughs> yes. Jeez. How did I not know that? I would have put that in a verse for sure. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I need you well-versed people to give me a little bit more <laughs> in, insider. More from, yeah, more. <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> I want to start PMI music bad. That'd be a fun little business. I know. It'd be a lot of fun. Uncle Sam, if you're listening, I almost sent you a DM last night at about 1.30 when I couldn't sleep asking you if you could make beats, make songs, and then I need to pump out a song a week for PMI music. Just give you guys this little area, this office next to us. Mm-hmm. Just lock them in there. Just see what <laughs> comes out of it. Just lock them in there. Listen, it's not like Chernobyl. You're not. <laughs> you're, just get, you're just getting locked in there and see what pops out of it. I think it would be cool. It would be a good time. Mm-hmm. But that is investing in more shit. What type of music? Work. Whatever. Anything. Anything yeah. just comes out of it. I think music now is just so. Everything just kind of goes into right? each other. You yeah. know what I mean? Love Lil Nas X at that NHL game. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's mm-hmm. everywhere. Love he's... Tom Brady inviting him to fucking yeah. uh, the opener. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady inviting Lil Nas X out. TB knows what moves the needles these days. He's going to ride that into the ground, isn't he? Who? Yes. Nas. Why wouldn't you? Lil Nas. I would. I would. Not old yet. Not old. That, that song's a heater. Mm-hmm. And he's like a troll on Twitter. Not troll, but he's an yeah. active smartass on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And he gets it. Did yeah, he, he have hits it. before Old Town Road? No. no. But he's going to have nothing but hits after. Oh, yeah. We talked about this the other day. I do believe mm-hmm. that the one-hit wonder is officially dead. I don't think it's possible anymore. I think once you get a good song out, your fans are going to love you for you so much. No matter what you put out next, is going to be a heater regardless. No matter what. It's just the way fans work these days because you know what it is? It's a family. It's no longer a fanhood. It's a family. And it's a famhood. It's a famhood. Oh, oh. It's a famhood. Mm-hmm. It's a famhood. So they're going to support you and they're going to be like, listen, although not great, I mean, it's a little tough to stick up for you right now. We'll be here, but we're expecting something good in the future. That's why I think the one-hit wonder will disappear because the one-hit wonder revolves around numbers, and I don't think anybody's numbers will ever drop if they once they establish a good famhood. In my head, totally agree. agree. I don't know if it's accurate. No, it's accurate. Well, time will tell. Time only time will tell. Will tell. Who's the last one-hit wonder? Um, uh, it was st- uh, Billy Ray, and then Lil Nas cured him. I want to say yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen. That's maybe? what I was going to say. Call, Call me, maybe. me maybe. Did she have? Uh, but she, but she, I think she had a couple more. Hits. She, yeah, well, she, she just had a song that came out recently that people are going crazy for. Really? So, really? Yeah. yeah. And I don't think whenever I say heater, I mean doing well, which means like she's probably a, she's probably headlined some festivals for it, which mm-hmm. seems like a great life. I think you're probably right. I think uh, tub thumping. I think Chumbawamba. That probably yeah. is the last like major one hit wonder. Yeah, because they that got was... knocked down and they ain't never fucking get up. <laughs> Not a, not a one. So time. for like the last for this Wikipedia page, it's twenty uh, two thousand ten. LaRoque's La Croix, bulletproof, all La nation sale. Oh, what do you mean bulletproof? LaRoque's. La yeah, LaRoque's. <laughs> R O U X. Yeah, LaRoque's. Right. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And then Magic Rude, that's another one on there. Oh, yeah. What's that one? Why you gotta be so rude? That's a good call. But I assume they're gonna make another song. Yeah, now. that's that's almost too early yeah, to make a statement. That was 2014. Right. Oh, so how far ago. back do you go before you say, well, they didn't do anything for this period of time? Well, so Billy Ray Cyrus. How about the guy, um, oh, baby, you... You, you got, got what, what I need, need. Bismarcky. Bismarcky lived was, off that one song for a very long time. Oh. He featured a lot of songs. How about, uh, how about, how about <laughs> Silent Toe? Watch him whip and watch oh. him nae Watch me whip. Oh. Watch and me nae These people were saying Little Fonzie, which was, they created Despacito, but that's only like two years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's, by the way, Despacito. One hit wonder. What's the greatest? Almost greatest one hit wonder. Of all time. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I don't know if you can call it a one hit wonder either when it goes huge with Biebs on it. Well, it has four or five different remixes that are all yeah. big. That's a five hit one hit yeah. wonder. What about Hozier? Take me to church. No, Hozier, Hozier made some makes good songs some good after songs. that. Somebody that I used to know. Bauer. Go to you. Anyways, we Bauer, get it. Harlem we get it. I think Lil Nas X is definitely going to be. He's good. I think he's going to blow up for a long time. He gets it. He seems to really get it, and everybody seems to like him. I mean, Kim Kardashian made a made a video with her daughter for him. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's inviting him over there to the fucking she, season opener. She even took time out of her maternity leave to make that video, too. <laughs> I know. You're a big fan of that maternity <laughs> Rest leave. Rest in peace for her and her maternity leave. Absolutely. Evan Fox made 19 straight NBA threes the other day. That a boy. Mm-hmm. Not terrible. Wow. 19 straight th- NBA threes. From the corner, so it's only college threes, really, and distance-wise. Yeah, it's, it's the shortest one. But you don't have the option for a backboard. Sports Center True. tweeted out a video of Kawhi hitting nine straight threes, and they were like, <sighs> with rebounds and him staying in the same spot. Just didn't move. Yeah. Foxy was rebounding for himself, jogging across the court. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely impeccable. Probably never happened again, to be honest. I'm glad it was on film, though. Man, I wish you would. I mean, Foxy. <laughs> That's gets, incredible. Foxy gets into one of these celebrity basketball games. If he somehow breaks free for just a couple. Don't let him get hot. Don't yeah. let him get hot. Don't, don't let him get hot. Don't let that. I'm streaky too. You know that. Very Sometimes st- I can miss a lot, but when it's on, it's on. <laughs> yeah, but just go take the roof off the thing. Yeah, exactly. After that happened, I was like taking a shit. He ran the bathroom. I was like, I know you're doing something, but I need you to rip the video. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm 19. I was thinking about 20, so I missed 20. Uh, it happens, it man. You got to stay focused on the task at hand. Just like James said, focus on each show, yeah. mm. each meeting, yeah. each step, each question, each clue. That's what you got to do, Foxy. That's the next step mentally. Next time. Next time. I'm going to remember that. Next time. Next time. 19 fucking threes. It's a lot, dude. It was dude. Good. It was a wild run. I, I almost can't wrap my head around it. 19 fucking NBA threes. I got the 10, and I was pretty excited, and then they just kept going in. Our office um, has, for those that don't know, has a half-court basketball court in it. Pretty nice setup, actually. Mm-hmm, yeah. Very expensive. Pricey. Hoop. Very expensive hoop that we thought was getting donated. Yep. <laughs> we could have built a, a whole field house. <laughs> we, we were told it was hoop. getting donated, and yeah. then it showed up on the bill in the in the end, and it was like, oh, this is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm, I assumed that you guys assumed I would not go through this, these numbers, <laughs> but I am going through it, and this is an interesting thing, but it's a beautiful setup, and Foxy works on his threes every single night. I really do. He really does, and he's gotten to a point where he's fucking dialed in right now. Mm-hmm. The guy is a shooter. I wouldn't mind sending him into like maybe uh what's that court over there in New York? Rucker Park. Rucker, Rucker Park. Park. Yeah. Rucker. Rucker Park over there. Double rim. Can you do it with someone rim? in front of you? 
Uh, yeah, not as well, obviously, but I could still do it. Should we buy those things the guys are always have their hands up? Yeah, the practice uh, guys uh, where we hold them, like the yeah. the and the brooms. I'll buy right now. So yeah. actually, what I do with the pillars is I act like that's a screen. So I come off it, like the guy goes under the screen, and then you pull the three. So that's like a real in game. Evan Bucket Foxy Zito can be on the side like Fat Joe. He's always at the right. <laughs> <laughs> Lean, Lean back. Fat Zito. Lean back. It's fucked up. One one Joe. No fat. What you fat? Juan Snow was the other one, but then. Uh, by the way, oh, John Snow is in rehab. Yeah, oh, hey, get better, kid. It well. Get better, kid. It well. No, but hopefully he gets better. This is good, right? He Going will. to rehab is a good step. That yes. is a admit a mission of guilt. That is a hey, I need to fix something here. Keep it going. What is 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 the fall from the top of the mountain that hard? Uh, I just can't imagine how stressful that would be. Everyone's talking about it. Then not only that, it's like okay, this huge part of my career is ending, and who knows if what comes next is I'm ever going to be able to live up what I just previously did. And I got exiled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and then on top, of, <laughs> then on top saved of the it, fucking world, and then got shit on. He should have been the king of the seven kingdoms. Well, and just everyone bitching about it. He's obviously seeing that, you know. I don't know. You work hard on that kind of stuff. Probably, probably. As a massive throner, I'd like to say tease and peace to Jon Snow. Tease Can't wait for you to get out. Mm -hmm. Congratulations to you, by the way, going in there and getting healthy. <clears throat> Maybe we send you to the rehab that Jon Snow's at. It's like a uh, uh, food rehab. It's a top of the line. It's a luxury one. one yeah. It's a luxury mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, over there in Beverly Hills? Uh, no, it's in Connecticut. Oh, shit. Oh, I believe I thought I saw that. Oh, the summer's good over there. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to a summer in <laughs> Connecticut? <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard. You've I've heard. heard great things, though. <laughs> it is. Oh, man. Great foliage. Uh, All right. Last night, Foxy and I got a chance to go up to Fort Wayne, Indiana, and do some magical things for a organization that is truly helping the world. Quick little recap of that thing, and then uh, Ty Schmidt's going to hit some of the best music we've ever played at the end of this thing. I'll let you guess right now what it's going to be. You're probably right. <laughs> to the conversation. <laughs> and now, before a recap of an incredible trip to Fort Wayne for Foxy and I, a reading from Zito. Thank you, Pat. Anthony Joshua is coming to the United States to take on the destroyer Andy Ruiz Jr. at Madison Square Garden at the New York City. In New York City. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Josh was arguably the best heavyweight fighter in the world, holding three of the four major heavyweight titles. He is 22-0, and he has won all but one of those fights by knockouts. He's 22-0, he's won all but one of those fights, period, by knockouts. <laughs> <laughs> Reeves' 32 wins and 21 knockouts is looking to take advantage of his first-ever world title fight. Okay. Will Josh will defend is his... Or no, it says is IBF. I'm guessing that meant his IBF. Oh yeah, you're fixing. You're now you're helping them. Yeah. Just mm. saying, DeZone. Just <laughs> saying. Uh, will Joshua defend his IBF, WBO, and IBO world title, or will Ruiz capitalize on the biggest fight of his life this Saturday? This Saturday. Madison Square Garden, mm -hmm. New York City, on the zone. Forty-two <laughs> knockouts between the two heavyweights. Three titles on the line. Joshua Ruiz, the biggest heavyweight fight in the history of the world, this Saturday on the zone from Madison Square Garden. <sighs> Great read by you, man. Rank? I'm pretty sure you skipped an entire paragraph. <laughs> but don't even worry about it, Zito. Don't even worry about it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah. a recap. Just watch the fight. Two heavyweights are going to knock each other it's gonna out. Be incredible. It's going to be incredible. There's three titles on the line, and DAZN puts on incredible fights. It's in Madison Square Garden. The lights are bright there. Everything's going to be incredible. Shout out to DAZN. Watch out this Saturday. Also, shout out to Fort Wayne, Indiana, for being so hospitable to Foxy and I last night. Two nights ago, I got a chance to go to Fort Wayne for the Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Northeastern Indiana uh, gourmet dinner. Nice. 46th oh. annual Ooh, wow. gourmet nice. dinner. What was on the menu? Pre- it was a duck, actually. Good. Oh, oh that's how you know it's Roast gourmet. Up. Like a duck larange. Yeah, there's this duck company Ooh. here in Indiana on oh, Winona really? Lake. They just became a sponsor of the Colts. They donated the duck dinner. Mm. I don't think I've had duck in a while. Lo- ever, maybe. Pretty gamey. I mean, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, it, was like a, it was like a greasy chicken. It tasted, yeah. Yeah. Yep. tasted pretty good. Oh, yeah. All these events that Foxy and I go to, yeah. there's not enough food. It's, yeah. You get such small portions. So Tiny I would have, plates. I would have like double duck. Maybe. You know what I mean? Give me a double duck. Double but it was, uh, it was an incredible event. Let's go with uh, previous speakers. Oh, okay? okay. Let's go with previous speakers. Yep. I was asked to speak this year. They actually sent a private plane. Which Look we'll, at you. We'll get into in a second. <laughs> <sighs> Thought I was dead. Thought I was dead. There was no air conditioning on the on the, oh, on the plane. It was about 120 degrees. Oh, my God. And I guess we flew through a tornado. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever we landed in Fort Wayne, they flew a plane down to pick me up and Foxy up. And there was a group there. I guess they had a uh, presenting sponsor of the event. They got a chance to fly on the plane with us up to Fort Wayne. So I get there. I accidentally took a nap. Right up until the time that the plane was supposed to take off, basically. I get there. I'm still half asleep. And they're like, oh, they're waiting for you around the corner. I'm like, they? Is it Foxy? And I turn the corner. There's like eight people there. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is happening. It's starting right now. So I start waking up a little bit. The Coon family is who was with us. Yep. Indiana Physical Therapy. Yep. Great people. They brought me back to life almost. But there's a lady named Gisette who is maybe the CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters. I think that's right. She was obviously panicked uh, about the flight from Fort Wayne to pick us up. And the pilot was there. was like, uh, on the way back, we'll go up a little higher so we miss all the things. And I was like, what happened? And Gisette was like, that was a rough ride. And I was like, oh, no. I do not do well with that. So I asked the pilot. I'm like, yo, you got Dramamine? I need, I'm going to need Dramamine, especially if I'm supposed to go speak and all this stuff. He's like, I got you. We get on a plane. No Dramamine on a plane. No big deal. So we're packed in this plane. It's like... Um, it was like an eight-seater, a little tighter, though. It was a citation. Uh, not that that means anything to anybody out there that's listening. And we get up in the air, and Foxy and I are just dripping sweat. Legitimately bullets. Dripping sweat. Foxy and I are just dripping. And I'm, I have my face like up against the vent thing, like a dog with a window almost. And there's just nothing coming out. So then we get up there, and there's a, it's a rocky ride. It was 30 minutes. Beautiful plane. It's very hot. Flew through a tornado, so shout out to that pilot. (laughs) We landed, we get to the airport there, and um, the people at the the hangar were like, uh, didn't think you guys were going to make it through that. And I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean? And they point back at a TV behind them. It's the Doppler radar. There's just (laughs) red circles everywhere. And it's like, they have a you are here thing. We were right in the middle of like seven (laughs) red things. And I was like, I felt like that, to be honest. (laughs) I want to let you know, I'm happy we made it. I gave like the... The uh, pilot fist bump or whatever. Six cops waiting for us. Nice. Wow. I, you know, I've been off the vitamins, so I didn't even have my vape pen on me. So that was the first time I've walked into an airport hangar like that where there's cops. And I was like, yo, what's up? Let's go talk. <laughs> <laughs> what's up? Let's go talk. How's it going, boys? They're very nice. Everybody was incredible. Got a chance to get there, get over to the event. And it was at that point I realized who the previous speakers were. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was a big deal. All of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit, this is a big deal. Last year? 
Terry Bradshaw. How about that? Oh, okay. oh. Terry Big. Bradshaw, Fox Sports. Don't know if you know him. Country musician, too. Play quarterback for a little bit. For sing some songs for the, the real TB12. Four-time four Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, won a few games. Well, the real TB12, I think, has five or six. Right, yeah. The first TB12. Well, I just wanted to say. I mean, I mean, if we're gonna take shots <laughs> at the guy, I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm a big Bradshaw. She's an original. Love how big of a lunatic. Yeah, OG TB12. There it is. OG TB12. Fair. And they showed some clips of his speech. I guess he was a bit off the rails. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The guy sitting at our table, one of the head guys uh, for Big Brothers Big Sisters, was like. Terry uh, is a crazy man. I was like, that's kind of his thing, right? And he was like, well, it's no gimmick. It's uh, real. He started. He had the most singing, I guess, during his speech last year, just out of nowhere. Just had him start singing okay. this whole thing. And the plan was for me to speak for 30 minutes and then a Q&A afterwards. The year before Terry Bradshaw, Brett Favre. How about that? Oh, wow. Nice. The gunslinger. Okay. Brett Favre is speaking at this event. So this Big Brothers Big Sisters event is, is pulling in some right. massive names, right? Mm-hmm. So Brett Favre, veteran move, by the way, veteran fucking move, because the way the night played out is you shake hands with the VIPs, a lot of kisses and, and babies and hugs and, and kisses and pictures, and it was just awesome. It was a very well set up thing, but there's a lot of people coming through, you take pictures, then you go right inside for the, the entire um, uh, run, dinner. run of show, though. It's like a run of show. There's a lot of videos. There's a lot of... And, and the way these always go is they try to pull at the heartstrings, right? So people mm-hmm. will sure. invest and in, yep. in, in, in donate and stuff like that. So the way these always work, and I don't get asked to speak at a lot of these things, so I was honored to do so. But I've done a couple of them. It's all the same. It's like heart story, heartwarming story, uh, like crazy situation that happened to somebody. Then they ask for a donation, which has happened. And then there's a... like. Um, uh, what's that called when like the person who's a part of it goes up and speaks? Like, uh, there was a a sixteen year old ki- or fifteen year old kid named Carson who was a little brother, oh. and he goes up and speaks mm-hmm. and he reads this letter that he wrote. His mom died a couple years ago. His yep. dad's in prison. Mm. He picked up a big brother. His name was Terry. They were an incredible pair. They read a letter that they wrote to each other basically for like twenty minutes, just like I'm crying in this thing, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm up directly after that. Whoa. So then it's like, all right, Dan. It's wow. monkey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and now here's comedy. Yeah, exactly. So I'm crying. I'm like crying listening to this story. It's all incredible. The Big Brothers Big Sisters program does very, very cool things. I, I don't think I knew enough about it before going into last night, but especially that one up in Fort Wayne. It's awesome. So I guess Brett Favre was in the same position I was in, and he goes up there, supposed to speak for 30 minutes, and then Q&A afterwards. Brett Favre gets up there and goes, uh, well, I don't know if I can beat that, so I'll just take some questions. <laughs> <laughs> Just a fucking uh, veteran move, bro. They sent a plane to Mississippi to pick him up. They fly him up there. He's supposed to give a 30-minute speech, like a motivational speech, inspiring speech, and just goes, uh, hey, man, I, I don't know if I can top that, so I'll just take some questions. And everybody at the Big Brothers Big Sisters thing was like, Brett Favre just wasn't prepared. I mean, the questions were good. It was a good answer, but he just wasn't prepared at all. And in my head, I was like, what a veteran move. But whenever I was in that position that Brett Favre was in after those two read their stories. And I'm like crying. Mm-hmm. I almost went up there and was just like, I have no idea how I'm supposed to right. do that. So I'll just take some questions. But, <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, I went up there. It was supposed to talk, talk for 30 minutes. Talk for an hour. <laughs> way. Just kind of let it loose. I didn't pee beforehand because I couldn't get up in the oh, middle of no, the, the yeah. little brother, big brother speech because it was literally so intriguing to me. So I went up there having to pee. 
And oh, then boy. everybody knows that my bladder is an active one. And if you've ever been to one of my shows, you can kind of tell when it's wrapping up because my legs start dancing a little bit. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened for this. Yep. I went for an hour, talked about the mentors in my life, uh, Tim McAfee, um, and how a big brother isn't somebody that just spends time with somebody for the first time. It's somebody who can really shape and uh, realign somebody's drive and focus and optimism and hope in life, which is what the guy before us did with his the 15-year-old Carson who had mm -hmm. lost his mom. He basically realigned his entire life, which is what my dad did. And then when I got to the NFL, Vinatieri did for me. Uh, so I just told like a, an hour worth of stories and had an absolute blast. It was incredible. It was really good. Foxy and I had a blast. <laughs> Uh, I almost pissed my pants, and I'm so, so <laughs> thankful for the Big Brothers Big Sisters. I mean, Todd, awesome. I feel like you talking a lot more of these things than I do, to be honest. I honestly do. On a lower scale, obviously. But yeah, you always get, they always screw you with the heartfelt <laughs> moments right before the, the comedy. You know what I mean? Jeez. But at least. Oh, you, sorry, yeah. No, no, it's real, though. No, every it, time, it is real. Every cancer fundraiser, whatever I've always done, it's a slideshow of everyone who's passed, and people are crying, and they're like, no, 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 for some comedy, here's Todd McCombs. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, ah. But I, that's a tough spot. It sounds like, though, you handled it great. Well, I'm sitting there, like, actual tear dropping from my face, right? Oh, yeah. Like, an actual tear dropping from my face. I'm like, this is beautiful, man. This is all I am. By the way, I think I'm getting more emotional as I get older. I, things are starting uh -oh. to happen. Starting to hit hey, it me. happens. Me for sure. I hate it. It happens. I absolutely hate it. I used to be able to just watch that thing and not feel anything. Right. You know what I mean? I used to just watch that and be like, ah, okay, cool, man. But now I'm starting to like really start to feel stuff. Hey, so Pat's all choked up, going, everyone's choked up, and he goes up there. And before all this, Pizza Hut has a huge affiliation with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Okay. So Pat walks up there and had to talk about Pizza Hut. And all they were giving credit to was the pizza. So Pat goes up Wins. there and goes, guys, you're not giving the wings. <laughs> and he goes in for like three, four, five minutes about Pizza Hut. I had to re I had to reset the night. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had to re, so I just went after Pizza Hut for three minutes. So funny. Honestly, though, they don't so get maybe a new sponsorship. Uh, at Fort Wayne, I don't know if we're going to get the North <laughs> yeah. They're going to be so spoiled, though, because obviously they go for big-time celebrity. Not very many big-time celebrities can put it on like you do. It's going to be a lot Luck, of... You're supposed know. to do 32 an hour. That's just the most classic you think of all. Luck was oh before uh, Brett Favre. Wow. Uh, Chuck Pagano was before that. Tony Dungy's been up there. I mean, it's like a massive... It, the, the wall of fame there was oh, yeah. pretty huge. Mm -hmm. How about afterwards when they came up to you, Pat? Did you Was there any like stories that touched your heart there? I mean, after you're done speaking and meeting people and saying, hey, my, I've been a big brother for a lot of years or a kid who's been and mentored by somebody. Well, afterwards, we got out of it because it was over. They gave yeah. away a car. Yeah. They gave away a car. Wait really? a minute. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So after I speak, they I, I go like, a, thank you so much for having me. This has been an honor or whatever. Guy comes up. Pretty good pop from the crowd at the end, by the way. Spoke for an hour. Pretty good pop. It's like a three-hour, four-hour night at the end. If you can get him to pop a little bit, that's good news. Um, the guy comes up. And he's the one who told me the story about Brett Favre just mailing it in earlier or whatever. So he was, I think he was happy with what I did. Very thankful for him. And uh, he goes, all right, time to give away a car. And I was like, we're giving away a car? <laughs> like, was I told this? I don't know if I was. And they're like, yep, yeah, that car right over there. Well, it's not that car over there, but it's one that looks like that one over there. And they draw 
drew five names out of like a bingo thing, and then wow. those five people come up on really? stage. There's a the, thousand people there that could have won this car. Yeah, a thousand people that could have won this car. They draw draw five names, and then it was like elimination. Last one standing wins the car. And I don't think the people knew that they were winning a car because <laughs> whenever their name was drawn, it was just like a nice slow walk up to the thing. Like it was nothing. There's a round of applause for him. But nice, it wasn't like a come on down. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was a fucking brand new 2019 car, and nobody even nobody even was like, yeah, not a big deal. Guy wins the car though. No reaction. <laughs> and they also gave the five contestants opportunities to outbid each other. Be like, hey, I want your ticket. You get out of here for $500 oh, or something. Really? And none of them nice did car? anything. None of them did anything. It was uh, uh, MSRP was 26000 something. We'll take yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you, as a person up there on that stage, $500 a ticket, by the way, for this event. 950 people there. Yeah. So you start doing the math. So anyone could go, though? You just had to buy a ticket? Yeah. It wasn't like invite only or anything? No, it was $500 a ticket. I guess they were getting people that were buying a bunch of tickets day of, too, so they had to add extra tables in the back, So mm. which is, mm-hmm. by the way, very classic. Uh, I guess those were my fans. <laughs> classic. Just day of. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Let's get in there. Very thankful to everybody that came. It's an incredible event. But nobody was trying to bid anybody. Like, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks for you, but not even a hundred bucks. Like, nobody was saying anything. I'm like, yo, bid for just say you'll give him a thousand bucks later. Sell that car, dude. Just right. get yeah, the car. Yeah. Sell the car. Now we're winning, and nobody did anything. It was just a gentleman's game, ball in hand. See you later. Guy wins a car. Nobody says anything. <laughs> Round of applause. See you later. It was the most insane <laughs> nice. event I've ever been to in my entire life. Most insane event I've just giving away a car, raising a shit ton of money. Getting a chance to speak, it was really cool. Were they, were they on mics too, like the winners? No, the winners. So I had a mic that was on my chest here, mm-hmm. and I thought it was just for the camera. It was actually through the whole PA system as well. So <laughs> there was a podium with two microphones here, which there was different sizes of people talking. So that became quite a <laughs> quite a situation. But there was two uh, podium mics there, and then I had one on my chest, and I thought it was just for the camera for the recording. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know I could have walked. I could have walked around. Right. Uh, I, I'm a walker, too. I'm a stroller. I just stood very um, calmly at the podium, which is a wild move for me. Very bright lights. Couldn't see anything. Tried not to squint. Didn't want to look high. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, Are you though, mad man. at the, um, the pilots for not telling you? Because they definitely saw what they were going into. Or did you want to know or not want to know? I, I don't think... Eh. I don't know. Whenever I was told that it was very rough air, I just assumed, like, oh, it's just a little turbulence. Then when we landed and the people that were at the hangar were like, can't believe you guys got through that. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever experienced that before. And the fact that there was no air conditioning, that was kind of a Dude, wild scene. It was a wild scene. move, was 2019. It was a wild scene. But I'm happy the guy got the fucking plane on the ground. And then the flight home was smooth sailing. Very I mean. good flight home. It, uh, it was smooth sailing. That turbulence on the way there, though, it, we hit something so hard. Pat. I hit my head off the roof. Ooh, had a concussion. Really? Basically. I don't wear a seatbelt. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I don't wear a seatbelt. It's just one of those things. And it got me yesterday. It got me. Damn. It absolutely got me. I hit my head off the roof. It's a hell of a bump. That's the first time that's ever happened to me. And I don't strap up ever. So that was the first time that ever happened to me. My hair kind of got messed up. I and mean, it was an interesting situation. <laughs> but I did. I put the seatbelt on immediately after that, by the way. I was like, all right. Well, I guess we're going to, <laughs> I guess we're going to war here with old Mother Nature. How big of a leap was that? Like Probably like two feet of a... I mean, it was one of the, I had to like turn my head. Like, I mean, it hit my head and then my ear hit. I mean, I was up oh, there. Wow. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was up there. Was the guy talking to you over Damn. the PA at all during that turbulence? No, no, he, I think he was just he was, fighting a storm. I think he was up there in war. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there was another guy who was the ex president of the Big Brothers Big Sisters. Term limit, his came up. He, he got to speak up there. He mentioned it a couple times. I don't know if there was a beef from him or not, but he, he did a lot of great work for Big Brothers Big Sisters. And he was sitting in the front. He had a headset on, only one pilot. 
And I guess he was hearing things in the headset that he said he like took the headset off. He's like, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> like, I'm not a pilot. I'm not supposed to hear this. He told you that after the fact. Yeah, when yeah. we landed, he <laughs> right, was right. like, I was on the headset hearing some things I didn't want to hear. I took them off. I was like, oh, I'm fucking happy I didn't hear that. I was, I was just hitting my head off the back right back there. It was, a, it was a really cool thing, and a ton of money was raised for them. I think people should look into Big Brothers Big Sisters more, especially after last night. Just the stories of how these kids who come from, I mean, everybody has a story, right? Everybody has a story. But these kids come from these situations where it's almost like there's no hope, right? The future is one that is almost guaranteed to be a shitty one, like no matter what they do. Mm -hmm. And then you just have somebody who just comes and volunteers a little bit of time and just like chats with them and like kind of refocuses their entire life and hangs out with them. It's just, uh, it's really cool what a little positivity can do to somebody. And mm -hmm. I think last night was a picture of that. I, I enjoyed the hell of it, even though, Almost fucking died on all you. <laughs> Couldn't swear. Couldn't swear the whole speech. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. Couldn't Clean swear. show, huh? Well, the way you were bouncing around it was hilarious. Yeah, I, I called myself a donkey like three times instead of donkey, a jackass. Mofo. Mofo. I sounded like Chuck Pagano. I sounded like Chuck Pagano as soon as I said it. And then... Um, you did a couple like... Shoots. Yeah, yeah I did a couple shoots. Because I met all the kids that were going to be in attendance before the show. So then as I'm meeting them, they're just like these precious little things. I'm like, how's it going? And then they're the big brother of the person's with them is like, I'm a huge fan, man. Can't wait to hear you talk. And I'm like, uh, it's going to be a little different. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Very thankful they had me. Thank you so much to Big Brothers Big Sisters, Northeastern Indiana. If you get some time, go ahead and donate it. Doesn't have to be cash, by the way. It just has to be your time. Just show up is what oh. the one guy said. Mm -hmm. Just show up. Zito, you should think about being a big brother of somebody. Think, or maybe yeah. getting your own big brother. Mm. I think yeah. Zito, would, Zito actually would be a good big brother. Yeah, yeah for I'm sure. I'm a good father figure. Or brother figure. There it is. And mm -hmm. this segment's over. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.